It's time! Drew Doherty and John Harris have their white coats and their goggles on, and they're ready to talk Texans in a different sort of way. Uh, Let's go in the lab. After a week off for spring break, we are back. John and I, we went down to South Padre, had a good time. It was like South Padre 87, right, John? Something like that. Yeah, I'm Drew Doherty here, John. Something like that long time ago. Or not. We were both here last week. It was fun. Uh, We had just a bunch of stuff going on. We couldn't do one of these. Didn't do a Dear Drew either, but uh, we're back in full effect. And John... Here's what's happening today. You're going to do Johnny Tell Me About, in which you describe a guy who's been mocked to the Texans a few times. Um, We're going to get into that in a second, but we're going to do a draft discussion. And then we're going to get into the greatest free agent signings in Houston Texans history. You're going to name a couple. I'm going to name a couple. Okay. And uh, we we might chop up a little bit of current free agency, but since it's so fluid, we'll see. But let's start things off with Johnny Tell me about Greedy Williams. Greatest nickname, I think, in the draft. <laughs> yeah, that t- tremendous nickname, which for a corner works very, very well. Give me the ball. Uh, Greedy didn't exactly pull a Deion Sanders, but he came close. And what about if you if you know the the long held story, which has grown over the years? And in fact, Bill Belichick is the one who was there and saw it, and actually confirms that this happened. That Deion Sanders went to his combine back in nineteen eighty eight. 88 draft, that was an incredible draft. That was, was it 89? 89 draft. Yeah, yeah, right, 89, sorry. Because that was Aikman, Aikman. at the top, <laughs> number one. Tony Manders, number two. Um, Barry Sanders, number three. Dion four. Uh-huh. Derek Thomas, five. Wow. That's how the top of the 80, 89 draft went. Wow. The Packers drafted Tony Manders. Um, but at the time, that was thought to be the best pick. But either way. He was a guard. Wound up making a Pro Bowl, didn't he? As, as a guard, as a guard a few years yeah. Later, yeah. But he was, but not, yeah. He was a tackle in college, and his college tape was just grotesque. So, Dion goes to the combine, and he wasn't planning on doing something. And then something happened. He kind of got motivated by something somebody said. He went inside. He ran the forty. He apparently ran right up the tunnel and ran right out of the building. <laughs> Done. He ran like four two nine or something like that, and it was like. See you Done. later. Done. And that's kind of what Greedy did. Greedy ran 4-3-8, and it was like, I'm done. He didn't do anything else. He's got his LSU Pro Day coming up where uh, he'll. I would imagine he will do other other tests the scouts will want to see that. Maybe he doesn't. You know, the, the, uh, the prospects are getting a little bit more bold, I guess, if you will, to, hey, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. You know, Kyler Murray's Pro Day was like, you measure me at the combine, I'm not doing it again. So, you know, which will be interesting when Ed Oliver does his pro day because the talk was he's not going to be, he's not going to weigh, you know, anywhere in the, you know, he'll be 275. He comes at 287, but then he doesn't do any testing. So at University of Houston pro day, is he going to, is he going to weigh? But point being, I don't know exactly what he will do or what he won't do, but he ran at 438, and for a lot of people, that was good enough. A lot of people just said, look. We, because of what we've seen on tape. Yeah, because what do you see on tape? And he's a match-and-mirror guy. He's a guy that's not going to beat you with you know, with hand fighting. He's not going to be real physical, which I sort of like because that's the way you've got to play in the NFL now. So you're not picking up 5, 10, 15-yard penalties on the regular. So you've got to be able to match-and-mirror. You've got to be able to transitionally break down 
uh, with guys when they're running routes. And I thought one of his better games was actually against Riley Ridley, a guy that a lot of people are kind of kind of caught in between on, but he's a really good athlete from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Look, Reed did a great job on him. He's had, I think throughout his career, he's had some really – he's been solid all the way along. Teams really did not want to try him this year. I think they learned uh, the first year he started back in 2017. That was his first year as a starter, I think. You're like, look, we'll throw at this skinny kid a little bit. Then you end up with like five or six interceptions. And they're like, okay, we're not throwing at that guy anymore. See, when you, and then when that happens, I mean, and the rest of your defense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, it's so good for the rest of your defense. And so what ended up happening, Drew, in, in 2018, LSU had a corner by the name of Christian Fulton. And kind of a long story short, he had been suspended by the NCAA for a year. And then they were going to suspend him a second year. And they fought and they fought and they finally got him eligible. And so he is an NFL talent, and so he was on the other side. So he kept he would get picked on, and then he showed he was pretty good. So he teams were yeah, like, "Well, let's, let's try and throw against Greedy a little bit." And then that didn't work very well. So teams didn't throw the ball. And then you got Grant Delpit in the middle, who's more than likely and just kind of thinking ahead. I think he's the top safety in college football next year, going into his third year from Houston Lamar, who went to IMG Academy for a year. So I think that um, Greedy. That secondary was just incredible, and a large reason for that was Greedy could could match your best receiver wherever he wanted to go. I think that's going to be the kind of guy he is. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to end up getting us a 23. I was going to say, man, like, Vandermeer about a month ago had his Vandermock and had Greedy, and I was like, no way. And then since then, a couple people have had him fall into the Texans, and it'd be awesome. I mean, I don't know that they'd be able to pass him up if he fell that way, but I, I, I still think he's, I'm I, like you, I think he's long gone. By the I time think a couple of things have happened. 23 comes. A couple of things have happened, Drew. I think there have been some corners about, I'm sorry, there have been some questions about the corners, mm-hmm. especially after the combine. I think you looked around and went, wait a second, is this group that good? Look, they're, they're not that fast, and the guys that are fast, they're really not great, they're not great ball players. I mean, their their tape isn't that great. Um, and so then you've got Greedy, and Greedy, to me, sort of stands out. So I think there are probably teams saying, look, you know, and this is to me what I thought would make Greedy a little bit more of a hot item is, like, he stands out in that way. But I think teams are worried a little bit about how thin he is. And I don't even know if I, thin is the right word. I, I think he's wiry. I think he's stronger than, than he looks. But uh, I don't think he did a I don't think he did the bench press, so you don't know like from that perspective. That doesn't tell everything, but yeah. either way, um, I just don't think that there's a huge, massive, elite level of corners this year, and so I. But there are elite pass rushers, athletes at pass rusher. Josh yeah. Allen, Montez Sweat, Brian Burns had a great combine. So some of those guys are getting starting to get pushed up. Guys like Sweat and Burns are getting pushed up into that mix because would you rather a pass rusher or a corner? And I think most would say, well, we'll get the pass rusher. I think you got to have both. But point being, I think that's what's starting to happen yeah. is you're seeing some of that. Some of the tight ends tested very well. So Hawkinson and Fant starting to kind of push Greedy down a little bit. So I think teams at that point up in the top that may need a corner have drafted corners in the past. And so Greedy might fall a little bit. I don't think he falls all the way at 23. I think somebody ends up – Snatching him right there, probably in the mid, you know, kind of the 12 to 17 range at the latest. Okay. But I would love to see a guy like that out here, long, rangy, can can get right in the hip pocket of receivers, make plays on the ball, good ball skills. I mean, he's everything you want in a corner. He's just not 200 pounds. Yeah. 
You know, he's 183, 182, something like that, soaking wet. So he's got the length, he's got the height, but he just doesn't have that the bulk. I don't know that that kills you as a corner, especially now in today's NFL. You don't need to be terribly physical, but what you do need to do is be able to stay with receivers without grabbing, clutching, holding, doing all that kind of stuff. And if you can do that, you got a spot in the NFL, and you got a spot in the NFL for a long time. And I think Greedy's going to be the one player in this group that really can do that. It would be nice to see him here, but I just don't know that he gets to 23. I'm with you there, but I included him in this Johnny Tell Me About because we saw him get mocked to the Texans. You can check out the latest Houston Texans mock draft survey. Andre Dillard is still the guy uh, that most think is going to be here at 23. I also am like you. I don't think he'll be around at 23. But um, nevertheless, always fun checking out the mock draft survey. Okay, since we are about a week into free agency, I thought we'd look back at history for the Texans and what they've done in free agency and pinpoint some of the best free agent signings throughout the franchise's time. For me, number one, best free agent signing when you go into March, mm-hmm. like in the March free agent era, yeah. I'm going to go with Jonathan Joseph, yeah, even though it happened in July mm-hmm. um, because of the lockout in 2011. But what had happened the year before? 2010, oh, Houston Texans had the worst pass defense since the AFL-NFL merger. They got torched by the likes of Deji Kareem. Who? <laughs> by so many others. Seji oh, Azir, 2-2. Yes, that was the one I was going to say. I'm glad you said I mean, it better than I could. That was great. I mean, receiver after receiver after receiver after receiver blew their doors off. It was ugly, ugly, ugly. They slipped to 6-10 and 10 after starting out 4-2. and two, And uh, you had problems. So you had to get better at cornerback. You went out. And they were going to sign. They were in the hunt quote-unquote, to get a guy named... Namdi Asamoah. Yes, and Namdi Asamoah wound up signing with the Eagles, didn't have a great time with them. Meanwhile, J. Joe signs with the Texans. They also get Daniel Manning, the right. safety. So the back end is bolstered. They move Glover Quinn from corner to safety in his third year as a pro. Starts to flourish there. Kareem Jackson gets a little bit better in his second year. Jason Allen did some nice things as a third guy. Bryce McCain as a third yep. guy. You kind of use inter- interactions there, or uh, interchangeable there. And the defense was much better because you had stuff up front, Wade Phillips. There's lots of things in place helping him out. But I really think Jonathan Joseph, yep. that addition there to that part of the defense, one of the huge reasons. They were so much better that year. And then since then, you know, his time with the Texans, think about it. He just had his eighth season with the Texans, John. He's been here longer than he was since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's made a few Pro that's Bowls in that time. That, yeah. He's really stabilized, been the leader. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's my first and best Texans free agent signing. Yeah, if you asked me to go with the best one, that would have been the that would have been the one I, I went with. I just think J. Joe from, from jump, I mean, the time he got here, I mean, he's just been such an impact player. I mean, you think every year you can think of something that he's done all the way. Uh, this year, obviously, it was the Buffalo game with that pick six at the end. That was just mm-hmm. – was just – so incredibly important, but I mean, he's he just—it's beyond that with him. I mean, it's off the field. It's how good he is in the locker room. It's mm-hmm. what a leader he is. I mean, all the stories that the guys over the years have told us about—you know, DeAndre Hopkins told us last year, "Hey, J. Joe's the first guy I see when I come off the field." Yep, and he's telling him, "Hey, here's what you're seeing." I mean, that's—and for that reason, I, I hope, I hope that we are able to keep Jonathan Joseph with this organization and within this organization for a long time because I think he could be hugely valuable yep. for any. Any player that walks through this, any not just any player, but just any 
staff member, anybody well, that I wears know. a Texas logo, I, I'd like for Jonathan Joseph to be part of that guy, that that man or that woman's life. I know I speak for you. I, I love. He's one of my favorites of all time to talk with in this, in this building. Uh, yeah. He's he's love awesome. Him. Yeah. Shall okay, ready for mine? Yeah, let's hear it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this, but I'm gonna tell you a story on day one that I I was terrified because I saw the day one practice on Saturday. It was the very first <laughs> I know where day this is going. of training camp. Uh huh. And I believe it was 2009. Yes, you have to rewind two years before. And Joseph got yeah, here. and they're they're uh, they were doing some pass rush drills. Okay, and they were having trouble completing the drill because the defensive line kept jumping offside, and so. This recent free agent acquisition jumped offside, and I don't, I don't, I can't remember if he was guilty of it before, but you know, Mario Williams was jumping off. Everybody was jumping offside. They weren't watching the ball. They weren't. And Bill Collar was a defensive line coach, and I want to say that he had just gotten there. Maybe he was just there that year. Maybe the year before. I can't. Remember. Bill Collar was the the defensive line coach, and so a former defensive lineman himself, a former first rounder himself, just a productive a NFL player, tough dude, and a strong willed. Personality, yes. a loud yes. guy. Another one, one of my so, favorite assistant coaches of all time. He's here. great. Yeah. So when this free agent jumps offside, the thing about it was is usually Kolar would kind of lose it, but he just he didn't. So and he said something. So I knew he had said something with some bite, and then all of a sudden Antonio Smith, the ninja, just went crazy. You want me to let the dogs out? You want me to let the b- 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 dogs out? And just went off. And eventually Mario had to, like, hold him back because the more that he's amped up. And I'm standing there and watching it with, with my buddy Lance Airline, and we're just kind of watching it. We're kind of in front. There's a crowd behind us, and we're in front. And then all of a sudden I just hear Lance go, oh, bleep. And the thing was, that was day one, and we're like, oh, man, where is this going to go? And where it went was Ninja became one of the better and most versatile defensive linemen yeah. that this organization has had. Mm-hmm. Whether you put him outside, whether you put him inside. Uh, when he came back in 2016, yep, it was fantastic to watch him in 2016. Just get you know those 10 to 12 reps, and you knew Ninja's coming in, he's going to rush over the center, and he's going to destroy that dude. Yeah. And he did. And it was so fun to watch. I think Antonio Smith – uh, was I think I, I wouldn't put him I wouldn't put him ahead of J- John Joseph. I think he's behind him a little bit, but he's definitely in the team picture. Really good. Of, I mean, he made a Pro greats. Bowl. Yeah, he made that Pro Bowl in eleven with with uh, John and Joseph. Yep. And I know that Pro Bowls are not the end all be all, but it, you've done something right if you're in a Pro Bowl. Okay. Yep. And he deserved to go to that one. He's he's one of another one of those all time favorites to talk with. But yeah, very very productive, and it was fun seeing him. That second go around here, twenty sixteen, because yeah. you know they put him next to, they put him in between JJ Watt and DJ Reader yeah. in the locker room, right, right. and that was funny because that was Reader's <laughs> rookie year, yeah. And then JJ was established by that point, and, yep, and kind of along uh, in his career at that point. It was funny to see that, so it was it was really cool. Uh, it's really cool having him back in the full. I say that, but JJ had already gotten injured, but he was. Kind of on his rehab, and it was he was right. kind of happy to see yeah, he was a still familiar around, face yeah. back in, and, yeah, and it yeah, was no, no. it was just really cool because we did a radio show one year, 2013. <laughs> oh man! And gosh, if you're gonna have to do a radio show on a weekly basis during yeah. a 14 loss season, that's one of the guys that you're gonna lean on. And uh, yeah, we got into you know Antonio Smith when he he grew up in Oklahoma. He was in high school for a time. He was a cook at the Waffle House, so. 
Young wow. Young Antonio Smith. I think I knew that, but I'm. Cooking but up. you say that, I'm like, well, wait a second. Did Cooking I know up. that? That's pretty interesting. Smothered and covered. Interesting, dude. So those are two. I think those are really the far and away best free agent signings. You could have some. Uh, you have some some arguments for Lamar Miller for the likes yeah. of Wade Smith. Wade Smith went. Yeah, Wade Smith was one I was thinking really about too. Really good. Wade, Wade, offensive lineman here. Mm-hmm. Now he's with us as a Texans ambassador. Um, if you're gonna go. Just any time free agent, you want to include in-season, you want to include undrafted rookies, well, hey, then Arian Foster rips up to the top of the list. Yeah. Then you got to think about uh, A.J. Boyer and what he meant. Then you got to think if you don't want to do one-year wonders, Bernard Pollard was a good in-season acquisition in 2009, st- stabilized the back of the defense. Tyron Matthew was a good signing last yep. year. He was not in in-season, but he was – about a week into free agency, around this time last right, yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. he, was a, he was a good, solid pickup for the Texans. Did a, uh, a nice job. You know who was a good free agent pickup? And I'm, I'm a little surprised. It's your fishing buddy. Shane Leckler. Hell of a signing. You're that right. That was a, I mean, yeah. for what he came in, tw- uh, 2013, yeah. 2013, for five years, one of the better punters in the NFL. I mean, he mm-hmm. was fantastic. So uh, that was another one. But Wade, Wade was the next one. If we were going to go another round, I, yeah. Wade was going to be the. The, the next guy. But I think, in large part, it goes to show you, I think if 31 other teams did this exercise, they would probably do the same thing. Like, eh, yeah, you know, we had we had a couple, you know. But for the most part, uh, you start going through, like, for the good teams, hey, who are the – look at the players we drafted, mm-hmm. you know. Now, you know, the Patriots have won championships, and they've gone out and they – you know, but a lot of things they've done, they traded for Randy Moss. Yep. You know, they, they – they did sign Wes Welker as a free agent uh, low these many years ago. But they a lot of the deals that they've ended up making have been trades. They've traded, not so much signed big free agent contracts. And so my point in all that is signing free agents is great. And every every now and again, you're going to find one mm-hmm. like Ninja. You're going to find one like J. Joe. And, you know, Daniel Manning, you mentioned him earlier. Really good one. we got to throw him on. He's got to be in there, yeah. And that's, and that's what I was kind of talking about this, this last week, Drew, when the Texans signed to Sean Gibson. As much as we love Tyron and we wanted Tyron back, Tyron's going to get $14 million a year on average. Tashawn Gibson, excuse me, Tashawn Gibson comes here, they're going to pay him a little over half of what Tyron gets. And you know for a fact Gibson's going to be able to cover tight ends. Now, Tyron gives you a lot. There's no doubt. But I don't know if Tyron's going to be able to hang physically with tight ends the way Gibson's going to. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we talked to Frank Frangie on Tuesday, uh, the voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, somebody I've known for a very long time. And Frank just said, we did not want to lose him. But we needed to go get Foles, so they had to clip some money, and Deshaun ended up being one of those guys. I think, so, yeah, I think, and I think the, as much as – People are going to hear from, and when they see what he does on the field, yeah. and when they hear him and see him talk yeah. to, they're going to, they're going to realize what a nice addition this has been. Yeah, really. he was great with yeah. me. He he was on for ten minutes. We had a, we had a great talk, great interview last week. So from Dallas, yep. you know, he's happy to be closer to home. No doubt. No um, doubt. One little addendum: greatest free agency class in a year, personality wise. Got to go with 09, man, because you got personality wise Antonio Smith. You've yeah. got Sean Cody. You got oh, Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you want to throw in the undrafted, got to throw in Arian, Arian Foster. Foster. That's a pretty good mix right there. So yeah. that's where that's where you've got to look at a group. That's where I'd rather look at a group that ends up being successful and go give that a thumbs up. Your undrafted category. If you look at your undrafted category over the years, you're not going to hit home runs every single year. Right. But 
if you find an Arian Foster every four or five slam. years. I mean, A.J. Boye, mm-hmm. Dylan Cole. I mean, the the league is littered with undrafted guys. You know, Jason Peters, the Eagles left tackle for a long time, wasn't undrafted. Mm-hmm. He was a tight end at Arkansas, 320-pound tight end, but he's a tight end at Arkansas. And the Eagles saw something in him and decided to make him a left tackle. And he's been a left tackle there for a long, long time. So that's where, to me, where you want to – that's where you want to hit the home runs. Sure. If you hit the home runs in an undrafted category, you got an opportunity. And every single year over the last – I know since Bill O'Brien's been here, and I don't know how long it stretches back before that, but undrafted players made the roster. Mm-hmm. At least one. And this past Vincent, year, Vincent Smith Vincent this year Smith, doing yep. what he did. I Dylan mean, Cole the year before that. Yep. Um, so there have been some undrafted. Brent Scarlett, undrafted. You know, a guy that they brought in here and did some good things. Enormous but, on special teams last but year. But the grand slam is Aaron Foster, and the home run is A.J. Boyer. Yep. I mean, you hit, you hit rocket shots with those. Yeah, those were good ones for sure. All right, man. This is fun. It's good to be back in uh, full effect with you. Yeah, man. Get back in the groove. Let's get your power back on, dude. Yeah. I need <sighs> it. I need it. I've been without it for about five days Thoughts now. Pers- and it's not related to the uh, smoke in, no. in Deer Park. No. They're doing some construction in my neighborhood people. and clip my underground wire. Ugh. So they're having, to, yeah, they're having to fix all that. It's all not right. good. That's all we got now for In the Lab. We'll talk to you again next week. 